This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, disaster divas, and welcome back once again. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate you. My name is Jordan Cruciola. And I'm Amanda Smith. Amanda Smith, lost in thought. We are your indefatigable co-captains of disaster. And this week, we are, uh, we're, we're dipping into those straight to, straight to video, straight to, straight to TV. Uh, there's a word yeah. for that. That I am TV. blank. TV movie? TV movie, I guess. Just TV movie? Yeah. yeah I, okay. Yeah. TV movie. It's a TV movie uh, called Miami Magma. And if you're wondering, gosh, I wonder how much they're going to borrow from Volcano. The answer is, yeah, they definitely do. They definitely yeah, borrow the, 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 the Volcano formula. The third act. Yeah. 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 Uh, solutions have definitely been, uh, at the very least, inspired by uh, the... <clears throat> really disaster movie par excellence volcano. Um, But for the purposes of Miami Magma, this is a 2001 movie. Uh, God, 2001. What it feels like. Was it really 2001? Sorry, 2011. That was, I I was going to say, we're moving a one there. No, no, no. There were, there were eyebrows in this movie. And if it were 2001, there would not have been eyebrows. That's a very, that's a very good point. Um, Miami Magma, a 2011 movie, uh, that stars Rachel, was it Rachel Hunter? Rachel Hunter. I can't believe you don't know who Rachel Hunter is. This is surprising to me. I do. And I, I know her face, but I, 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 she's not one of those ones I have just top of mind all the time, but I certainly do. I certainly do recall Rachel Hunter. Um, yeah. And her, I, the, the name, her name of her character, as I highlighted at the sign off of last episode, Ugh. Antoinette Vitrini, which, yeah. which nobody has a nickname for Antoinette. Nobody calls her Tony. Nobody calls her something else. Every like, so each time in this movie, she's mentioned it's Antoinette, which I really appreciate. <laughs> Not even her own sister, her own terrible sister. Who oh, I would yeah, expect her to have sister. some sort of loving uh, short name for her. Doesn't even have that. But uh, Antoinette Vitrini is a, what do we, do we know specifically what she is? A volcanologist, a geologist? Would, she's she, uh, a jack of all geology trades, one might say. <laughs> yeah. uh, at one point, even, at one point, even a little bit of a biologist taking, taking samples off of the alligator. So true. she is in the, in the long, in the long tradition of film geologists, yep. she is, all things and nothing. Um, yeah. She is Antoine. She is Antoinette Vitrini. That is that is her specialty. <laughs> that is who she is. That is what um, we know. Sure. That's, that's all we really know is that she is some sort of a science person. Um, but yeah, her specialty theoretically, she has a a hypothesis that the entire Gulf of Mexico was at one point is, is a super volcano, and she's going to prove that that's true through science. Right. And and it seems like uh, her science is proven true in this movie. Yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, this, this there is, in fact, be... a volcano. I don't know that it's it's not a super volcano, though. Like that is not. No, it's not super volcano level threats. But no, she there is. They, she does prove that uh, despite everything we know about plate tectonics. Yes. There is a volcano in in Miami. Yes, and um, this this movie is really like th- this woman. She's a she she works at a university. She's a professor, um, and she's been doing this research that's devoted like the last decade of her life to it around like the Gulf of Mexico and this volcano. Well, but the the conflict at hand here is we open on an oil rig that is being really consumed by magma. It seems like coming up from coming up from the sea floor. So we see the dramatic explosion of an oil rig. Then we see the oil company. Uh, henchmen, the bad guys, uh, covering up for it because what they have been doing is they they actually knew of the the threat of the lava tubes and the possible volcanic activity below the um, oil rig because they, via research that was uh, gained 
that was stolen. That was stolen. Yes, that was stolen out of out from under uh, Antoinette Vitrini's nose, which we'll get to that a little bit more later. They have determined that uh, oil can be found in areas where mineral deposits that are, I guess, get like associated they with basically magma. Yeah. They were like, heat yes. from the magma causes it to create more oil, and sure. Yeah, it was like, a, okay, so it we know was, that yeah. we know that if there's magma, like we, what we've determined, if there is magma here, well, that means that we're going to have a find a healthy oil reserve. So then, obviously, disturbing the chemical, geological, physical makeup of the seafloor gets those lava tubes angry, magma starts coming up, and then where there's like there's there's mention, it's not dwelled upon, but there's mention of super volcano multiple times. But there is nothing on the order of super volcano, as you said, that ever ha- there's yeah. in very volcano tradition, there is magma that is coming up through the floor of a major American city, and it's very quickly, very rapidly speeding its way through the streets of Miami, in, as opposed to the very slow-moving but almost unstoppable magma flow in Volcano. This is just rushing down the street. and But there's no, there's never any threat of like, well, when this goes up, it's going to be- The entire southern, the, all the Gulf states are going to be taken out. Right. 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 Like Florida is going to be inside a caldera. Like there's none of that. It just magma is the threat. So the title is very honest. Miami magma. But of course. I do want to say right now, just real fast. Yeah. Magma is when it's in the ground. Lava is when it hits the air. So Miami magma is true in the sense that until it's out on the surface. But they actually (laughs) completely reversed the terms at one point. And I was just seeing her like. Biting my fingers in pain because they're talking about magma on the streets, and then like you know, there's still there's still lava underground. I'm like, none of this is right. <laughs> um, which you know, point like that's not going into the reality index so much as it's going into like deep pet peeves. Um, right. But yeah, it's it's almost this this movie seemed. I I almost don't like the reality index. I almost don't know where to begin with it because not like nothing. Nothing felt right. I mean, like it, I'm going to launch right into. I've got some thoughts. Go, me, like, go. Reality index. I did believe that Antoinette Vitrini's garbage ex-boyfriend would take her. Would be like, we should go get coffee so I can tell you about how your theories are right. And then he would spend the first hour. <laughs> yeah. as textually cited. He spends the first hour telling her all about his travels and his adventures while she has to sit there listening and waiting. And then when she's finally like, so why did you bring me here? He's like our theory. And she's like, you mean mine? Yeah. Fully believe that her garbage ex-boyfriend, her ex-husband, ex-husband would do that. Uh Garbage ex-husband would do all of these things. I was like, yes, this all tracks what a garbage, garbage ex-husband he is. So reality index wise, I'm there. Yeah, and with the with the precedent set early on by her very un, like in, unimpressive sister, I completely believed that she would be extremely annoying and incapable in, in such ways that like she shows up for class late, she talks her way into an extra credit field trip, she keeps flirting with her sister's research assistant. Her sister's weirdly sanguine about it, even though the power dynamic and the age dynamic is probably weird and off and is very uncomfortable. And she dresses impractically for every scenario she is not prepared for field work absolutely not like it's not even it's not even like okay this person got caught in the middle of something they're wearing what they wore to school that day they have to be impromptu no she wakes up they have to get together at 6 a.m to set out for this research trip at the beginning of the the movie which is one of our first clues that something's going wrong here because they go with this research trip they're on you know maybe they're out in the everglades they're they're in a swamp somewhere they're in a swamp yes they're it's antoinette and her students and we get the classic boiling swamp, boiling water. Uh, one of the poor students who we never really reconcile with the fact that he died. Uh, <laughs> I want to go back and circle back to that one too. Yeah, we're going to circle back to that in terms of the reality index. Yeah, the sister shows up for this expedition where they're going to be taking like like samples around the biome and she's in an outfit fit that makes absolutely no sense at one point she's going consistently is dressed in free people's finest which is her outfits (laughs) were like yeah that is you know what that is and your hair looks great but yeah that's not good for sampling in a swamp like none of that like if she had been wearing gladiator sandals that would have been extremely (laughs) unsurprising yeah oh absolutely and perhaps an espadrille into the swamp so it, it was 
her level of unpreparedness for for kind of like what she purported to be was incongruous but then later on in the movie she like switches into hyper capable mode and she becomes her sister's like second in command and Antoinette is fully interfacing with the military about how they're going to handle this crisis lava situation in Miami and she's like my sister knows everything about this you can talk to her so like Antoinette's going to go survey Miami in a helicopter to find where the the lava dome is so they can like cold cap it by pouring liquid nitrogen, too much liquid nitrogen on it, that plan gets scrapped, whatever. The point is, suddenly her sister becomes, like, the lieutenant in charge of handling this crisis response. It's like, no, 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 no. You have not at all set the stage for this, like, very capable turn from the sister, considering she was treating all of this and herself as a joke for the first half of this movie. No, 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 I don't accept. First three quarters of this movie. Well, yeah, and that's and that's a big part of it is because, like, other than setting up Antoinette, like there's not a ton of character development that happens for secondary characters right so yeah we don't really know why shauna the terrible sister is a geology studying geology we don't know no. like, why she wants to do it nope. we know she's got a thing for the really unremarkable research assistant um which in terms of believability uh that is very, very accurate i will say that just the only thing that's inaccurate is that he wasn't interested in her because um when I was, in I was very surprised. Yeah, I was, I was almost like, impressed by the fact that the yeah. the research assistant, the TA, was not grossly, overtly reciprocating the affections of the younger yeah. sister. It actually, it like made a really weird, gross dynamic. And it was like he has to do in order to be able to pay off his student loans. Leave him alone. But I will say that when I was a, a geology student, we all dated all the grad students. Oh, like God. all of our TAs. There was so much. I mean, like, for me, it wasn't super gross because I was actually, generally speaking, older than all of them. <laughs> like, or or the same, I was, like, the same age or older because I was an okay. old student because I was there at, like, 26, 20, I was 25, 26-ish. Oh. So I was, like, age compatible to almost, sometimes I was, like, 25 and they were 24 Okay. But everybody was dating everybody. And it was especially, <laughs> like, the grad students, all of the grad students were all like the male grad students. I was going to say, with older male grad students and undergrad girls. Yeah, no, it was entirely. Oh. Well, I mean, partly because the, the well, partly because the the gender split. Um, yeah. The, there's like e fifty fifty in undergrad women to men, and okay. then in grad school, it was like the grad dynamic was way off. Okay. Um, a lot more male grad students and female grad students. Um, the only thing about that that I didn't believe was I was like, he should have a gross beard. Because every single one of them had, <laughs> they all developed what we would call, they're called field beards. And they were just these bushy, like, just caveman beards that you get. Because you're like, I'm going to be out in the field for six months. I really don't need to shave. Right. So a lot of, lot of field beards. But yeah, I dated, I dated the grad student. Uh, pretty much everyone, <laughs> like, all the grad students were, and the only, the only thing was just basically like, the, the professors were like, just don't date your own until after you're done being their TA, I guess. Like, we ah. can't really tell you not to, but uh -huh. like, please don't. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, please don't. Yeah, it was all real. Like, it was all real questionable. Um, so the whole time I was like, no, no, that's, that's like, if anything, he would be hitting on the sister and Antoinette would be like, she's my sister, please. I know every year you pick eight <laughs> an undergrad. Yeah, yeah. Can you can can this year's undergrad not be my sister? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was something I was like, yeah, I, that that should have been uh, way more, <laughs> way more weird dynamic there. I I feel like this is I mean reality index and also just sort of consistent. This movie really just just lacked inconsistency with like I didn't need huge character development but like the yeah. movie opens with a like the, the first tyrannical villain that we see is amazing Brad Dourif playing yeah. the CEO of an oil company who is who falls victim uh to his own hubris in a moment when he's trying to like max out this oil well in pumping out like a preposterous number of barrels over its capacity and while he's turning he turns some like pressure gauge and he's like celebrating the fact that he's done something, you know, craven and capitalistic and terrible. But as he's got his like back to the valves, he has his arms raised and like triumph. 
at his own like greed. And then suddenly that valve explodes with like oil and steam and just, I think burns him alive. Like burns him to death. Could be. Collapses could, could to the ground. Puncture. In my head, he's got a big like cartoon circle through his chest of where like the which oil we do see, straight through. Which we do see at some point from 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 another character. But so Brad Dourif eats it sadly early in the movie, which is what I was afraid of. But he's got like it's I think he's like the head of science and engineering for this company. His second in command is like, we got to shut this place down. It's too dangerous. We can't do this anymore. And he's like the conscience. He's the voice of sort of reason between the two of these executives. But then as soon as the guy above him dies, the the corporate board is like, we'll give you all of that guy's salary and 40% of the profits that this center makes if you do X, Y, Z thing for us and cover up this entire thing. And he immediately pivots. He's like, okay, make it 50%. And then eventually he's like tasking somebody with killing Antoinette, just fully assassinating her in order to support this cover-up. I was like, you really tried to frame him as the genuine voice of morality earlier on in this movie. And you have, you have made him pivot to like, cold-blooded kidnapping murderer that was fast yes. you know jordan that's that's absolute power corrupts absolutely and we see <laughs> and, that happen immediately immediately yeah i did like when the board meets with and he's like we'll say that her former executive died of a heart attack and i'm like how are they gonna explain so died that of a heart attack upon hearing the news of the oil rig of, of like the oil rig washing mm -hmm. away yeah he had a heart attack in response to the news and died and died yeah and but uh, i was like how are they and then and then at the press i'm like okay fine and then at the press conference he's like our condolences go out to the family and i'm like wait 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 wait. how are they going to account for the giant oil hole in this man yeah. to the family how is this cover-up gonna work exactly who are we paying how are like I get, I get it, but I was just like in my head there was an entire side quest of like how they were going to figure out how to how to do this cover up. But you know what? Fine. But yeah, he he just immediately pivoted right to to oh, yeah. just the most of evils. Yeah. Um, which I was in for. I didn't actually have an issue with it. <laughs> I was in for it because I kind of was like once once he got the he like the guy his eyes kind of lit up at the power. And oh yeah. Every so, often every so often he'd look to the side and like you could see the moral conflict in his eyes, but then you would and like he would get a little teary eyed. And I'm like, okay. He regrets <laughs> his choices, but also power. Um, <laughs> but also fifty percent of, of oil profits. Okay. I mean, people people have been craving for less. So I'm I'm I was kinda in on that actually. Um, I, I did I did not I did oh. Go. Sorry, I, I mean, in terms of, so, you know, the, when he orders the hit, so he, there's the, the oil tech, Butch Sanderson, which, what a great name. Butch Sanderson. Butch that Sanderson. is a great name. Loved it, and I loved every time they said the name in full as Butch Sanderson. Um, and so Butch Sanderson, I, the whole time when I was watching, like, who somehow is, in addition to being, like, a cheap oil tech, is also a weekend hitman. Yeah, no, he's like, I'll do anything you need, anything. And he's like, kill someone, you got it. It was like, wow, yeah. that circle of trust was established quickly. Well, it kill someone, Butch Sanderson knows about how to, like at one point, Antoinette Vitrini like puts a, a bug of something that will steal all the computer information off of, yeah, um, yeah off of the, the what's his, what is his name? The replacement um, CEO. Oh, the hit. Ray Jack. Ray Jackson is the Ray Jackson CEO. So going to steal all of. So in the, again, the long tradition of geologists knowing how to do everything. She somehow has like just happens to have a little bug thing. Yeah, she has like a data the, smuggling hardware somehow. Yeah, that she sticks on his desk because she wants to prove that he's been stealing her data. So. And then Ray takes it to Butch and Butch identifies it immediately, knows how far she probably is. And then it's like, I'll kill her for you. Yeah. And, and given how well being, how well paid he probably is in his role, like all oil jobs, like rig jobs pay really well. Yeah, that is, yeah. that is high paying blue collar work right there. So he's doing this. He's a hobby murderer. Yeah. He's, he's a hobby hitman. Which well, yeah, and they, really they, they don't discuss a trade of anything. He's not like, 
the usual rate or like, well, I want 10% of your profits. Like he's just like, consider it done. Like he just yeah. likes killing people. And, and so when he, when he does that and then he goes out and he's really bad at it. And I was just like, this is why you don't hire someone who's a weekend hitman Cause he's just really <laughs> bad at it. He, like he, he, he does have like a silencer pistol of some sort. He fails to shoot them to shoot Antoinette. And then he calls in a buddy to burn down her lab, but the buddy doesn't destroy her laptop that has all the data on it. Uh -huh. So yeah. all that yeah. his buddy does is just create a crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> just creates a crime scene. Like all he does is basically be like, well, we want to, I want you to create a bunch of evidence that'll eventually be tied back to me and the company. <laughs> But I don't want you to accomplish the thing that will at least give us, give this have, make this have reason. Uh -huh. No, no, no. Just burn it. <laughs> She's going to, we'll, we'll just trust that the laptop's destroyed. Yeah. Guys, life lesson. Always, if you're going to get a, a hitman, make sure you go with a professional. Don't go with an employee who happens to be like, I know how to kill people. It's just, there's a reason you didn't hire them to kill people in the first place. Yeah, and that's because that's not their main skill set. Go with a specialist. <laughs> Go with a specialist. You know, spend that money. Get the return yeah. on your investment. You yeah, know, you've I 50% of oil profits. You it, can get yeah. yourself a really good, a high quality hitman. I did have to I, respect where respect is due. That Butch Sanderson had a National Guard uniform ready to go. He did. He apparently has an entire cosplay outfit thing going yeah. on. Yeah, I um, like to imagine Butch his Sanderson, Mission Impossible closet where he just has an array of disguises. I'm disappointed that he didn't also like put on a fake mustache in order yeah. to be the National Guardsman. But maybe they worried that if he had that on, we wouldn't know it was Butch. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the disguise would be too good. I did believe that team, I did believe uh, that, you know, sadly, uh, Brandon, research assistant Brandon, is is in a way team bad guy because he is the one who sold Antoinette's research to the oil company. But I believe a grad student or like a professional researcher in a pinch would be like, oh, I can take private interest money and pay my way out of my debts for my surely incredibly expensive education. Yeah, uh, you know, probably not assuming that world domination was the goal or that, you know, the magma would really result in the alleged super volcano uh, bubbling up underneath Miami. I, I that felt I was like, yeah, OK, I'm kind of oh, yeah. I'm not I don't hate Brandon for what he did. It's a tisk tisk, but it's not like, a oh, how it like you evil bastard. I, I oh, bought yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I me. Mean, you know, grad school. It's all expensive. You don't necessarily get it's a. Like he's got an undergrad degree to pay for. Miami's an expensive place to live. I, <laughs> I really thought if anything, like that was really an argument for free for free education. Um, oh, yeah. He wouldn't be in the situation if his college had been paid for. That that's my understanding. True. That is yeah. almost assuredly true. Because Brandon was a good guy, as we said. He was even exercising a shocking amount of restraint with a pretty blonde little sister, which yeah. Didn't expect that. I was like, oh, good. I'm going to have to be annoyed by this the entire. Oh, no, I'm just going to have to be annoyed by her. He's being he's being a stand up guy about this. Yeah, he was being fairly professional. He, you know, for the most part, <laughs> even Brandon, Brandon, other than like, you know, Brandon seemed to, for the most part, have a conscience about it. He did seem to have moments where you felt conflicted. And, you know, he did get justice in the end. But I have a theory about that as well that we'll get into when we get to the, what is this really about? Um, <laughs> I feel like we should I feel like we should revisit now the college student who yes. boiled to death, died in a swamp, and, and no one noticed the teacher nor any of the students noticed at any this did not come up at all. Yeah, it was like the antithesis of his death was not in vain. Like no, his death was <laughs> deeply in vain. Just <laughs> no one noticed, no one cared. I did not believe that for a second, and here is why. <clears throat> Every single He was the professor, most brown-nosy student on the trip? Well, yeah, like, one, he would have been, like, she would have been like, oh, no, don't sit in the front seat again. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's going to shotgun. Yeah, she would have noticed he was gone, but even if she didn't notice or care she was he was gone, he had equipment with him. And, oh, yeah. Professors, 
never do a head count of which students are there, but you can <laughs> damn well bet that they know, like you check in and out that equipment and they make sure all the equipment is accounted before before we ever leave again. Like that shit is expensive. It is hard to get a hold of. You need to get like, then she would have to account to like the head of her department about why she's missing this whole big like black box thing. Absolutely not. I fully believe she would leave behind a student, particularly that one. I do not for a second believe she would leave behind the equipment. Um, also, that is a really good example of why uh, any undergrad class I've been in, we always have partners. Like once you get okay. into, once you're like, no longer an undergrad, you're doing field work on your own. Right, but okay. we always have partners when we're out in the field for the most, like, because undergrads are stupid and don't know what we're doing. And you need someone to double check your work. But most importantly, you need to make sure that, like, an undergrad boy isn't getting into a random canoe and going out <laughs> into the middle of a lake for no good reason. You like, that was not a sampling area. He was not sampling shit. He had a net. You can't get core samples from a net. What was he going to bring back? Here's a leaf? This doesn't tell us anything. This is not, we don't need to know about what the flora and fauna are here. Dude, we need core samples. Get back on the fucking land. And also, don't reject your co- your one of your colleagues just because you think that she needs your help, but also she says she's interested in you. No, she was not prepared for field work in the slightest. You don't wear a leather jacket out in the field. No. But, you know, deal with it, man. (laughs) Deal with it, man. No, that the. He deserved everything he got coming to him. And I'm glad that his death was completely unnoticed. But I felt bad about the field equipment being lost. And it was like, there were definitely, there was only really a handful of people on this trip there were few enough for the professor to have noticed if one entire student was not with them when they got back in that van. Yeah. So the reason that we don't notice is because the girl that he rejected is in charge of the head count. Right. And she counts to 10 and she's like, yep, we're all here. And I feel like that's something that she could probably double check in the rearview mirror and be like, no, no, no. Yeah. There's nine. I'm missing his giant head of ginger curls. Yeah. Like, Like he was a specific looking young man as well. Yeah. Um, so absolutely nothing about this, that his, his disappearance was believable, but I do believe that she was also probably deep down like, oh, thank God. (laughs) So she, she really left him, she, she left him intentionally to die. Antoinette Vitrini just hoped her student would hitch a ride back. And when he didn't, um, she wasn't broken up about it, but yeah, that was, so there, I really, I really enjoyed, there's an inter, there is an sort of, um. There's a, a, a the movie cuts away to like, you know, this sort of slice of life aspect of like how this is, you know, people are going to die and, and things are going to be fucked up. We cut to like <clears throat> a very spring break bikini, like wet bikini contest on a beach somewhere um, in Florida, like near Miami, I guess. And a a explosion of magma from underneath the water causes a steam tsunami. So this this steam this blistering hot steam is pouring toward this beach and we know that it's all going bad because right in the middle of this like gross girls gone wild contest suddenly a woman comes running from the other side of whatever hotel these people are at and her body is covered in boils in very obvious boils and i appreciated how not good the special effects were but how over the top and just like ham fisted the special effects were as we get the, cause the steam tsunami's washing over and we get the, like, we just get little glimpses of like boils and sores popping up on people as they're being blistered to death by the steam tsunami. Oh yeah. No, I liked that. They were like, well, if we're going to have to call out makeup hair and make like a specialist for this, for makeup team, we might as well go all out. Like, <laughs> look, we're going to invest in this if we have to. Um, I really, like, I kept waiting to see how that was going to pay off because we get an entire subplot. We get more information about the Girls Gone Wild situation than we ever do about, like, why Antoinette's marriage broke up other than that her ex-husband's noticeably terrible. Like, there's no, we, there's a rivalry. There's uh, one girl, Annie, who's, like, shy. There's so much there's such an arc that happens in that whole segment and, and it's a lot of time. Um, yes. So I was, I, but it was worth it for the part where at the end, 
everyone gets boiled alive. Yeah, no, there's the boiling alive. And then like another one of our cues, another one of our like, you know, ambient, oh no, disaster, uh, disasters impending is we're yeah. at we're at a tennis court and a very tantrumy young girl um, is uh, playing with a tennis pro and, you know, she's she's training. And, he 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 hits a ball to her, goes across the net. She returns it. As it's coming back to the tennis pro, a fissure opens up on the court. Lava shoots up from the ground. The tennis ball goes through it, doesn't burn up on contact or get sucked into the lava, manages with the absolute lack of force that she hit that ball with, manages to careen through the magma, become a magma bomb, a lava bomb in and of itself, and the tennis pro, we know he tries to deflect it with his racket because we see the racket drop to the ground with a hole in the middle of it. And then we see a pullback on him and there is just a hole clear through his chest where this ball, I guess moving at 100 miles an hour and made of lava at this point, has just plowed a hole straight through this guy's chest. Yeah, it's as if going through the lava somehow turned it into a Looney Tunes weapon. And <laughs> yeah. yes, it made a perfect tennis ball hole in his chest. Um which, you know, uh, she, I felt bad for the girl going into it. She clearly didn't want to be there. She was tired. It was hot out. And then on top of that, <laughs> you know, this happens. I don't, I don't falter at all. I, what I was surprised by was that we see, she doesn't seem to know. She's so locked in that she doesn't seem to notice the fissure that's opening up. Even yeah. as the tennis coach is like getting a reaction yeah. shot of horror. But yeah. she, and we're getting her eyes and she's so locked in that she doesn't even notice that she's about to send this this missile of death directly yeah. into his chest cavity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, um, which I guess was like, cause then later the streets of Miami are, are <laughs> the streets of Miami streets, the weirdly residential streets of Miami are like yeah. flooded with lava. <clears throat> and this has suddenly <clears throat> happened. And I was like, wait, when did this happen? And I was like, I guess it was the fissure, but we didn't, did you, I felt like there was a moment that we missed of someone being like the volcano has erupted. Did yeah? There, did I that miss never, that? No, did that, that they happen? never gave us the like it's happening. There was like the little teases, like the tennis court, yeah. and the boiling swamp, and um, and the spring break. But there wasn't ever like, oh, now it is going up in the middle of Miami because they're talking about how like the center of this thing is going to be right in the middle of downtown Miami, and we just suddenly start seeing rivers of lava flowing through the streets and like suddenly the sky is dark and there's like ash raining down but people are still surprised to see lava coming and i was like yeah how how is this how is this like in the same way that stonados was extremely localized (laughs) surprisingly localized but also like so we see this woman putting her kid in a car to like or just doing something well and and i think they're about to that there is i think because the back of the car yeah, the back of the car is okay. still suitcases, but she's the only one on the street. There's no sense yeah. of general pandemonium. There aren't even like wild, wide crowd shots of people running. It's just very quietly hell on earth in Miami. Yeah, and it's 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 genuinely the vibe of it seems to be more like yeah, this is just like how it is now. This is how we live, <laughs> which was really a surprising turn of events for yeah. a movie called Miami Magma of like, well, we're not going to get like the, the eruption moment is yeah. the moment. This is what we've yep. been building to. And you've yep. deprived me of this. I want the chaos. I want the screaming. I want a badly CGI volcano yeah. erupting Doesn't have to in the good. middle. No, it can be terrible. You could, it could be a kid's drawing. I yes. don't care. I just want this. <laughs> and so it was like, I was really confused when suddenly everyone had just kind of accepted that this had occurred. And there wasn't even like a news. They could have cut like an entire, they could have, they could have given it cut the entire tennis pro thing. Yeah. And just given us, put that toward a newscaster being like, and we're now seeing a, a, what seems to be a volcano in the middle of Miami and just like have a newscaster tell me what's happening. At least so I knew I was like updated on what the circumstances were outside of our core cast. Yeah. Yeah. So, like that was what was, that was the thing where I was like, I don't understand time temporally where we are for chaos. <laughs> and I need a chaos timeline here. Like if you're going to give me a disaster movie, you have to give me a chaos timeline. And it really, it really felt like it, it lost steam <laughs> unintended in that way. Um, 
Although there was, I mean, even without the tennis pro death, we would have gotten another couple good deaths, you know? Yeah. Terrible ex-husband dies, again, a very volcano-inspired death. Yeah, terrible ex-husband dies because a lava tube wells up through a a well um, and consumes him. He also dies because uh, Shauna is climbing the ladder above him as they're trying to escape this, this well, and she's not going nearly fast enough at all, despite the fact that he is trying to shove her ass up and just like, go, go, go. He dies 100% because she was not getting her ass up that ladder fast enough, which yeah. I believe she failed to tell her sister when uh, she asked, what happened to so-and-so? And she's just like, I'm sorry, I tried. It's like, you actually hardly tried at all. You did yeah. not try. And when she's the, like, who killed him? Which I was like, that's a weird assumption that's to me. But in fact, assumption. I mean, I guess it isn't because like there I has mean, they, been yeah, an assassin she, after she her. Has been shot still, at this point. But it's still a weird assumption to make all things considered. But then I was like, when Shauna is just like whimpering and I'm like, actually, Shauna killed him kind of. <laughs> yeah. Like oh who God. killed him? Shauna's slow ass killed him. And then, and Shauna's responsible for two deaths dead in this movie. She's responsible for ex-husband and she's responsible for Butch because, you know, yeah. adding to the drama here, the CEO, he still wants these people dead. So while they're, you know, trying to hatch their plan, the new plan becomes basically Volcano. We're going to create a channel where the lava can pour into it, funnel into a a, a waterway that will pour the, that will, that will route the lava into Biscayne Bay and so they're they're basically gonna they're basically gonna do volcano volcano where they they routed the lava to the Pacific Ocean. So, but the hitman gets the sister and is holding her hostage, and the CEO is demanding all of the you know information that she has about them knowing about the magma and drilling there on purpose, and everybody's gonna go to jail and it's gonna be bad. So he wants this hard drive back. He wants this data, and he's like, "I'll trade your sister's life for the data I want." Well in a, like, the sister gets away from the hitman and she qu- acts on her feet quickly and she fills a bucket with liquid nitrogen, I'm assuming. And it was liquid, yeah, so they're at the liquid nitrogen facility and yeah, so she yeah. just fills a bucket with it as one does. Yeah, and then, and then uh, you know, I guess functionally removes her shirt down to her bralette so she can grab the galvanized bucket filled with liquid nitro- nitrogen and she throws it at the hitman, causing him to, like, T-1000 style fully freeze in place to his core, which I'm pretty sure with one bucket of liquid nitrogen, that would just you would just get cold burns all over your body. Like, it would would kill you. It would severely injure you, but it's not going to freeze, like, your innards and your muscles and organs. Because she runs by I literally great moment in the movie. She runs like as she's like going to presumably get to her sister. She's run she runs up to the hitman. You just see her like standing in front of him. And then she just as she runs off, you just hear like a snap, and she's taken the gun out of his hand by snapping his entire hand off of his body at the wrist, off of his ice, his corpsicle body, and just running away (laughs) with the gun. And I thought that was a great touch especially since we have to like then piece together the interim time where the ceo has confronted antoinette and they're bargaining for the life of her sister and he's got a gun pointed at antoinette well then she hits the gun out of his hand the ceo starts strength trying to strangle antoinette but then shauna enters the frame holding the gun she is now presumably pride from the frozen corpse hand of the assassin pride from his Pride from his cold, dead hands. His just cold, as Heston once threatened. His cold, dead hand. So she's got the drop on the CEO. She's pointing a gun at him. I mean, and this is wild. Antoinette, I truly did not see this coming. And this was so unexpected. It was unbelievable. Antoinette picks up the gun that the CEO was holding. They've both, they're both got him at point blank range, standing at sort of like different angles from him. And then they both just unload their clips into this guy. Like, it's just like a, all right. It's not like a, you're going to be in, you're going to go to jail forever. We're going to take you to the authorities. They both just shoot him so many times. They so many him And just so not, in, not an expression on their faces. Just yeah. filling him with bullets. The way that they both just stood there <laughs> yeah. and didn't react as they shot him was what really got me. Like... And then just like walked away. I don't, 
I mean, they yeah. full on murdered a dude. Yeah. And didn't just a little, like, riddled. I was yeah. stunned. Yeah. Like, was as that was happening the whole time. And then, like, because I get, and they show him being shot, but then suddenly he only has, like, one bullet hole as yeah. opposed to 12 as he's dying. But, oh my God. That Is this was something they do regularly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They the did it like is that the Vitrini sisters are actually murderers. I because like there wasn't even like a moment between them of being no. like that was crazy. No one reacted, no one discussed <laughs> it. They just arms out perfect form shot shot this man to death <laughs> who wasn't moving or running or like no. Trying to fight, like he was stationary, and they just full on execution style killed him. It was it was so crazy looking, and then this is this isn't even the end of the movie because the National Guard goes to that well in the middle of the city where like it's gonna you know where the epicenter of everything, and they've planted C four charges all over the place. They're gonna create this hole to to channel the magma, the channel the lava where they needed to go, and well. You know, at this point, Antoinette knows. Brandon, research assistant, has come clean. She's been like, I don't want to see you again when they're in a helicopter flying over Miami. It's like, well, he's going to be here for a minute. (laughs) They kind of, like, they kind of reconcile at a certain point. Like, they come up with their plan to to get the magma into uh, the lava into Biscayne Bay. And, um, you know, the, the National Guard officer is like, how do, you know, this is crazy. We don't stand a chance. And she was like, I've never seen Brandon be wrong about a scientific calculation as long as I've known him. Like, I take full responsibility for his findings. And, you know, there's this look from him of like, oh, she forgave me. And he's happy. So, of course, I was like, wow, that was easy. I thought he was going to die. Well, then, of course, the C4 charges that are going to have that are going to be set off by a remote detonator, they get like what is it, like half a mile away from where they've planted the charges and they're going to, you know, blow them up from a safe distance and complete the plan. Well, guess what? They were too far away and that radio detonator isn't going to work. And so Brandon decides I've got to get closer and I'm going to blow. I've, I've got to do it. And hilariously, it's not even like he had to go back. Like they overshot the distance that they could be away by like by half. He fully has to go down, stand next to the C4 charges and click this detonator to get the plan to go off and work. It was like, why? who the fuck told you that it, you could be a half mile away from this? You had to be standing right physically next to the explosives for this to have worked. Who misled you? This was a wild misestimation. Yeah, it was, it was shocking how much, like that they were just, Kind of everyone was like, oh, no, 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 we messed up a little bit. And no one really seems <laughs> to, bit. especially given that, like, we have just heard how his calculations are never wrong. This yeah. will really call into question a lot of my faith in him um, <laughs> and in everything, really. But, yeah, no, he, and it was funny how, like, during that sequence, I was thinking also of Pandora. And, like, how moving when in Pandora he's, like, scared and sad and we see it and I was like wow it's amazing how in Pandora I my heart was going out to him and in this when Brandon like very clearly is looking just like sad and devastated I was like yeah you can suck it (laughs) Amanda says not me I did not I felt no emotions about Brandon dying I was ready it might have been because he had a really smarmy face um but I was really I was just like I don't I don't care. Brandon, Brandon, you can go. Maybe this will free up a, a grad student spot for a woman. Instead. I don't care. <laughs> I don't I, care about you, Brandon. I don't care about you, Brandon. I, um, you yeah. know, so the explosions work. The lava gets routed into Biscayne Bay, which they also like vent the volcano at one. Like this is also partly the explosion is partly to vent the volcano to release the right. pressure, the like pressure, painful, which is not, which is, which we saw in, um, Airplane versus volcano. Where oh, they right. Fly the, volca- right. the airplane directly into said volcano. Um, gotta say, guys, that's not, that doesn't stop volcanoes. Just wanna, <laughs> just wanna make that real clear. It, yeah, if you find yourself in this position, yeah, FYI. It's just, it doesn't matter. There's still gonna be lava. Like, you can't use enough, there's not gonna be enough nitrogen, like liquid nitrogen to freeze anything. 
there just isn't. <laughs> yeah, no, that seemed crazy on its face that like we could create the quote cold cap on the yeah. lava to be like, oh, this will freeze it for long enough for us to do anything. It's like, no, no, you can pour as much liquid nitrogen on that as you want. Nothing's going to stop it. Yeah, there's just there's a lot of earth heat underneath it that is yeah. gonna that's gonna counteract. Ooh, it's also it's not gonna nitrogen. run out. It's not gonna run yeah. out. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. I'm glad that the last thing we see in this movie is a uh, wide shot of Biscayne Bay, which is now a um, a lava field, like 100 yeah. percent a lava field. I really liked that. Yeah. One year later, we get this one year later check in where Vitrine Antoinette Vitrini is cited as a hero. Yeah, as she should be the murder siblings. Yep, and uh, and we see them just looking out onto it, and it was like, yeah, you know what? Fine, that is that is the ending shot we deserve. <laughs> um, so that that brings us to the end of Miami Magma. Which... I do want to say real fast because at one point there's some science stuff I want to clear up really quickly. Oh, go one for it. thing, real easy. Um, at one point she's so. Antoinette is telling her students, uh, which believability wise, yes, absolutely. You know what happens? Your teacher is like, hey, I want to do this field research. I don't want to do the research myself. Students, <laughs> you're going to collect all my data. Um, that happens. But um, she's like, I have a theory that the Gulf was created by a super volcano. Um, and the student is like, what about the theory about the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs and i just want to clarify no one thinks that the gulf of mexico was created by an asteroid hitting the gulf of mexico the <laughs> that is that is not that is not how that was formed it is not literally just a giant crater um there is a crater and it is off the yucatan peninsula but it is not the hundreds of miles wide mm -hmm. that use of of the gulf the gulf is formed like we know how it formed it formed okay. because of like basic plate tectonics got it got it there's even like if you go onto wikipedia you can watch like a gif of the plate of, of the gulf expanding um but no don't confuse i don't want anyone to walk away from this confusing the impact crater which is like large in, a, in the sense that it's a couple miles across sure. but it is not the the entire gulf is not an impact crater and i don't want anyone <laughs> to walk away from it thinking because that is, that's not just like, oh, that's species ending. That's like, if that would have split the a, fucking world in half. Like, that's, yeah, that's, you're, that would be really bad. So, just <laughs> yeah. to clarify, um, that would be really bad. Yeah. But then, so, so then what is this movie really about from you, Amanda, besides, uh, besides bad science? I mean, the bad science is ancillary almost, because what this movie's really about <laughs> to me is uh, this is a Mother Nature vengeance-seeking movie, okay. specifically Mother Nature fighting the patriarchy. Oh, um, okay. This is Mother Nature's tubes were invaded. Oh, you know? tubes, yes. Her tubes were invaded by a drill. <laughs> And uh, what does she do? She hunts out every man who has wronged any woman. <laughs> like, let's go through the kill list here. Okay, so first there is the guys on the drill who are presumably dirtbags, just yep. because, like, they just seem dirtbaggy. Like, there's the good husband. There's a good, but he's he's sort of collateral damage. But also, you know, we don't know. Um, <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't seem super into his kid, like. <laughs> he seems so you know fuck him um there is uh grad the the undergrad who dies after snubbing a student asking for his help yep there is garbage ex-husband who very clearly is just like sucks that he tries to take credit <laughs> for Antoinette's research yep yep that he that he uses her research and the potential well-being of the entire city to try and scam a date out of his ex-wife. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. you, dude. And so he ends up getting consumed in what? In a big fucking vagina well. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. True. Um, there's Brandon. The research assistant dies after it turns out that he's one. He does low-key sexually harass his boss in the yes. opening moments. He does like just casually do that. There's always I, I got the sense that the reason he rejects the sister is because he's got a thing for Antoinette, which is like, no, dude, she is 
she is a whole ass woman. (laughs) And you, I assume, sleep on a futon. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Um, he dies. There's just like, and then you, the girls gone wild setup. You know, the the woman who dies is the one who peer pressures her friend into doing it. Oh, all the you're other right. women you're are right. participating in the patriarchy. They are all allowing themselves to become tools of the patriarchy. And the only one who seems to survive is Annie, who is yelling and calling for her friend and is left behind by her friend. Yep, and yep. abandoned by her friend. Yep. There's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. And we see that that special place in hell is a steam tsunami. In Um, Miami, which I believe in. In Miami. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then the tennis coach, who, you know what? I don't know that we don't know he wasn't abusive. Like, it was a hot hot day. That guy did not look happy. No, she she did not. displeased to be doing this. And he was sort of goading her. So I have no reason to believe that he wasn't, in fact, like one of those monster coaches yeah, who okay. like, is then going to tell her that she's putting on some weight and she needs to lose some weight and like <laughs> says horrible things to his student because he thinks that it'll help toughen her up. Yep. We don't know. Yep. As far as I can tell, he deserved that. Um, so in sum, I truly believe that this was a eat the patriarchy movie. <laughs> Um, and, and mother nature seeking her vengeance. Got it. Okay. Okay. As an avenger of women. Jordan, (laughs) what do you think this movie was about? I think this movie is about how we need to cut our losses with Florida, man. It needs to be that Bugs Bunny (laughs) cartoon. It needs where he, where that little, that gif you can find of him just like hurriedly sawing Florida off the United States of America. And it just floats away. Either it's going to get swallowed by the ocean or it's going to get, consumed by a volcano we could possibly guess exists or the fucking humidity man like no yeah, thank or you the, humidity. the humidity man like absolutely not um i hear the beaches are beautiful but we you know we can we can visit them when we just let it be its own independent floating colony out in the sea um that yeah that this movie to me is about just like the certain the certain cataclysmic future that awaits Florida and how people need to get the fuck out of there fast, man. It just doesn't, doesn't seem like any good's coming of it. Uh, yeah. So I get my, my word to our, our, any friends we have in Florida, take care, get going, pack up, man. Hurry. What are you waiting yeah. for? Hurricane season? Like you got to get out of there. So yeah, that's, that's for, that's for me. I'm, I'm, you know, Miami magma. It's putting the name, name in the title. Fuck it all. Let's just, it was, you know, we made a mistake. So <laughs> let's just remedy that. <laughs> and this, this too is a special acknowledgement to our friend, wonderful mother, Sarah. If you're out there listening, Sarah sorry, Florida. Also, though, Sarah <laughs> would also say though, yeah, Florida was a mistake. Like that is knowing Sarah. She would firmly agree. I don't think we've ever heard from Sarah anything particularly flattering about Florida as a one whole. One day, one day you're going to meet this person, Divas. You're going to meet Sarah. We're going to make her yeah. come on the podcast. She's, uh, she's got dibs on tremors. So. She's got dibs on tremors. She is a Floridian. She is a screenwriter. Uh, those are some highlights about her. And we'll just keep talking about her uh, in her absence until she finally agrees to come on and, and protect her own character. And like, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to keep not being on here and saying your piece? Here's what I'm gonna say right now. <laughs> one or two things is gonna. Here's one. One or two things is gonna happen with Sarah. We are either going to do a post-election celebratory episode with Sarah, or the post-election episode is gonna be the three of us on the phone together or sitting together. Yeah sobbing on podcasts That's eating it. brisket again because that was really i've known sarah since college i became friends with jordan or i introduced sarah to jordan and yes. the three of us in 2016 sat on the floor the biggest, of the biggest disaster of them all 2016 yeah. election night and we sat on the floor of jordan's apartment eating a tremendously good brisket and good. slowly just sinking into despair until it was the three of us openly sobbing yep. on the floor of her apartment while still eating the brisket. <laughs> with, with, at one point, Sarah yelling at her dad in Florida, who was trying to tell yeah. her that like it could still turn around. And I believe there was a lot of anger directed at Florida in that moment as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
So so we could it could go one of two ways, guys. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have a celebratory celebratory uh, post election tremors podcast with Sarah. Uh, okay. Um, so does this so bring disaster? In? So let's do casting. Yeah, to dream casting. Amanda, you said yeah. you're doing your homework this week. So what's it look like? I know. I remember this time. So um, we're recasting this movie, and for Antoinette Vitrini and <laughs> Gina Torres. Ooh, oh, right, God. right. How exciting that is. I wanted someone who was like who could do that level of like fuck you authority. I yep, wanted someone yep. who could do like toe to toe. I fully believe that she would unload an entire gun into a man without blinking. Yeah. Like I wanted no that. No doubt. Um, yeah, and once I did that, I was like, for her sister, I needed somebody who could presumably look like have sort of that. She's got such a distinct facial structure. Such gravitas. Yeah, and like she's got a really, especially like her, there's something about her mouth that's like no one else has her mouth. But no. um, Harrison Gordiola from uh, The Get Down. Oh, love interest on the get down. Got it. Okay. Like she's got a very similar bone structure. So I was like, yeah, that's going to be the sister. I like her. I don't, she doesn't get cast in a bunch of stuff. I think that she'd be a fun one. Um, for the grad assistant, Mm -hmm. because the whole time I just saw his face, uh, Skylar Aston. Oh God. That's a good idea. Yeah. And I just, and I, I like everything about Skylar Aston just bothers me. So I was like, yeah, you know what? That's, he yes, he has a very punchable face. So does the grad assistant <laughs> in this movie, like Skylar Austin. Uh uh-uh. um, Like that heel turn, I 100% see it coming. Yep, yep. Um, the ex boyfriend, ex husband, Julian McMahon. Oh, ever evergreen, evergreen, evergreen. Yeah, yeah, great. Anyway, Julian like, McMahon. Yeah, he's not gonna kill her in this case, but like. Just the whole time, you're just like, oh, God, what are you going to do? Are you going to, like, what are you going to do? During the scene where Shauna and ex-husband were, like, off in the going to the well, I had a brief moment where I was like, is he hitting on her? And I feel like that would really intensify with Julian McMahon, and I was okay uh-huh. with that. Uh-huh. Um, Michael Kelly would be the first evil CEO. He's that, oh, like, okay. Southern, the one who, like, he speaks like he's just, like, deep fried Southern. In yep. fact, I couldn't remember his name, and I googled "southern character actor who plays evil guys," and I couldn't find anything. And I was like, "Oh, he's an Atlanta Braves fan," and then it pulled up because I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> uh, Butch Sanderson. I'm gonna go. Uh, what's his Ansel Elgort? Just because we want to see him die. Yeah. No, I want to I, see, I, I see him get frozen. And we yeah. haven't killed him in a while. And then, and then have his hand ripped off. Yeah, we just, we haven't killed him in a while, and I was like, why not? Let's bring him back. But most importantly, the most important casting in all of this, of course, is Ray Jackson. Ray Jackson is crucial casting. And Ray Jackson, without a doubt, you know who we have to go for this. We have to go for... What are you going to say? What are you going to say? It's got to be Ernie Hudson. It's Ernie Hudson. Okay. It's It's patron saying to the podcast, Ernie Hudson. Are you kidding me? I want to make a cameo. Come on. No, Who it's else true. could God, do that, that turn from, voice. like, moral service to, mm-hmm. yeah, from voice of the voice of reason to, like, 50, 50%, and then, like, suddenly <laughs> he just turns evil, and he starts wearing big suits? Like, yes, of course it's Ernie Hudson. Of course Ernie Hudson would try to strangle Antoinette. Like, why not? Yeah. The only The only problem I have is that they shoot him, and not that, like, in the end, he ends up getting killed by lava. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. It is unfortunate we don't see his body like blip into like a ball of flame. Yeah. yeah, that that would be how we kill him in this movie. Is that like he's backing up, he's backing up while he sees the guns, and then he's like, "Hey, ladies, we can talk about this." You know, I got a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> just as he's like, "I've got a lot of money, and I can do it." Then like a lava bomb hits, him, and they both uh-huh. are like, "Oh my god, we didn't have to commit murder this time." <laughs> that's, no, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. So that's, that's my fantasy casting. Jordan, how about you? Uh, okay, I am going to, because I was really, um, I Rachel Hunter's accent was really sticking in my head, and I wanted to go with actually uh, something, that was just something I needed to replicate. So I'm actually going to make a research assistant, I'm going to make uh, Antoinette Vitrini is going to be Rachel Taylor. Okay, and, great. Yeah. Yeah, Rachel Taylor with her with her full accent on display, as you may remember it, uh, not from Jessica Jones, but from the first Transformers, in which she plays like a hacker prodigy. Um, it's gonna be Rachel Taylor, and then her little sister is going to be the Australian actress 
uh, which there was a distinct accent break between the sisters in this movie. So but there's also a distinct age break. I fully <laughs> yeah. believe that, like, yes. headcanon is Antoinette Petrini's parents were eaten by a wild boar when they were very young, when she was, like, 20, and Shauna was, like, two. Okay. And then Antoinette had to go to, like, travel to America to finish her grad degree and took her sister with her and raised her sister as a daughter. Anyway. Raising her sister. Um, so that's going to be Rachel Taylor. Little sister is going to be Lucy Fry, Australian actress Lucy Fry, um, who deserved better than the movie Bright, um, but was a delight in Vampire Academy, a movie that is uh, more enjoyable than I think people give it credit for. For You know what? Honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to borrow from your... Brandon's going to be Skylar Aston. Yeah. That's so right. That's so right. I that is just yes, absolutely. His um, smug little face. And I'm gonna make I'm gonna make um and maybe it's a bit maybe it's a bit on the nose given his uh, role we know him from uh, know him in from Homeland, but Rupert Friend I'm gonna make him uh, assassin because yeah, that'll also work. He's just so scary. He's just so scary. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Brad Dourif we're keeping. Brad Dourif we're keeping love him too much in that that brief role we get him in and then I how could I I feel like I'm I'm just like hybrid casting it because how could I say no to Ernie Hudson now that you've said you it have to. I can't say any I can't accept anything else it's got to be Ernie Hudson it has to be Ernie Hudson like even as I was watching it I was like Ernie Hudson like that's what reminded me I needed to do the casting because I was like Ernie Hudson would be so good at this this would be such an <laughs> Ernie Hudson role but yes and then I was like oh right this is part of my homework is to do fantasy casting so, yeah. so how many uh, towering infernos does this volcano get? Uh, you know, it would have gotten higher for me if it had done a better job in the third act of like making me feel the immediacy of a volcano yeah. versus being like confused about what exactly was happening. Um, I'm going to go like two and a quarter, two and a quarter towering infernos for me. Like, because Rachel Hunter was, Rachel Hunter was so good in it that I actually, that carried a lot of it for me. She was really good. Yeah. She's better than she needed to be. I, and I, I'm giving it a one and a half. Yeah. But it's not a scornful one and a half. It's just like a, you know what? You had the pieces in place for this to actually rise, rise above its station and you didn't. Because I like the excitement. I like the driving while the bridge is collapsing behind her for the little sister. I like yeah. the lava death with the ex-husband. I like the I like the insane murder by the sisters of the CEO. Like I, I I like a lot. I like the steam tsunami. But like it didn't have to be so inconsistent with the way some of the characters were. And like you said, the third act, like make that your big finish. Put any budget you have into that, and it didn't really happen. I didn't get a sense of like Miami and peril. So yeah, it's a one and a half while still saying, you know what, if you want to do, if you want to do a TV disaster movie, if you want to do a TV volcano movie, he could spend some time with, he could spend some time with Miami Magma. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed one and a half. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I'm being a little generous with it, with my two. No, I like it. But I like I felt, it. I just felt weird. Like I was like, no, I enjoyed it more than I could to give it a one. A one, anything in the ones for me is really like, why? Yeah. I hear you. So I this leads us into uh, what's coming up next week. And next week's going to be, I think, a fun one. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, we got Amanda. So we have, coming up next week, uh, we have a special guest. We are going to have um, Van Lathan, who is a, uh, a journalist. He works for The Ringer. He does a bunch of podcasts. He does Higher Learning as one of the podcasts, which is like one of my favorites and the reason I got in touch with him. Um, because he was concerned about California snapping off during an earthquake. And I was like, that's not going to happen. Gotcha. So Van's going to be joining us to talk about the day after tomorrow. A yep. Yep. There it is. Classic. A real so headline. Real headliner for the next episode, you guys. So excited to tackle day after tomorrow. So day after tomorrow, you can find that to be available um, on streaming. It is available on, um, but you have to, it is for rent on Amazon, on Vudu, on all the places, iTunes. Um, and you can also probably get the DVD for cheap. And I would always recommend getting the DVD because like, why wouldn't you want, why wouldn't you want the special features for Day After Tomorrow? Yeah, it's true. That's true. The Dennis Quaid alone. Yeah. Dennis Quaid. (laughs) So we've got that coming up next week. That'll be exciting. Um, Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, you find me on Twitter at J-O-R-C-R-U. And then, of course, on my Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Cruciola. Come check it out and come subscribe. Yeah. 
And uh, I am Jason. Where can we find you? Well, you can find me at Jason Halftones on any social media platform. Okay. And then I'm Amanda R. Tubbs. That's Tubbs with two B's on Twitter. Two B's. <laughs> and the uh, only thing I have to promote is that I, I mean, this is ages old now, but I have a book called Le Renard Argenté that you can buy on Amazon. <laughs> it is it, baseball's back, y'all. Baseball's back. So, you know, celebrate with a book about a time traveling baseball player who fights Nazis and also plays for the Dodgers. Shouts out um, to shouts out to Horny Dodger Twitter's number one fan, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> he does like the book. He 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 has a copy. He's a fan of it. Um, and so if Ryan Johnson likes it, it can't be that bad. Honestly. And um, you can find us. We're disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. We're also on Letterboxd uh, as Disaster Girls if you want to go like look through the lists of movies that we have upcoming. Mm-hmm. And uh, please take a second to rate and review if you haven't already. That is always super helpful. We love getting those ratings. We love getting to read the reviews online. So do that. Speak about us. Please do. Um, and yeah, we'll see you all back next week for the day after tomorrow. We, we, will, we will see you for the, 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 the day after, the pod after this one after tomorrow. <laughs> All right, bye guys. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>